starting it now. So anybody's got their, they, okay, cool. There's the update. Um, currently streaming. Good evening, everybody. I, I hope it's streaming. I hope it's going. Um, Cause like, if it's not, then that would suck. That would really suck. Uh, is it is it going for you guys? Uh, well, Twitch is showing me an ad. Okay, we're live. Okay, we are live. Thank you. So it's on Twitch at least. Um, we are in the thirty sixth episode of Sports Goofs, and this has been this has been actually the most eventful week in a while. I mean, the summer kind of dragged on for quite a bit, but now that football started and uh, Antonio Brown's antics keep getting crazier. I feel like we're, it's just getting better and better. Um, NHL training camp has started. The NBA 2K20 popped out, which means NBA training camp is going to start. A week two of college football stuff happened. Teams have been embarrassed. Teams are embarrassing. And then week one of the NFL which also happened it's just it's it's all going crazy guys uh but uh you guys don't have anything to say to start wow that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> wow it's been such a it's been such an eventful week gosh and baseball is coming down to their wire for for all of their uh, their playoff races which is even cooler as well i mean we've we've got some a bunch of stuff on tap a uh, bunch of baseball games happening, and not just baseball games, but a lot of baseball games of consequence. It's September. It means that games of consequence are finally happening. Um, to right now, we've got the Marlins and Brewers. I've already the Marlins are already losing. That's that's great. But the Marlins are winning in some ways, and we'll get to that. <laughs> the Oakland A's and Houston Astros are playing. That's a huge game for. Home field advantage in the American League and wild card implications. The Dodgers and the Orioles. The Dodgers trying to clinch home field throughout to the World Series. The Braves and the Phillies. The Braves aren't that far behind the Dodgers now. And they could overtake them in the National League. The Phillies fighting for their lives in the NL wild card. The Red Sox and the Blue Jays. The Red Sox have also had stuff happen to them. And it looks like they're, they're hanging in there. But they might have to throw in the towel at some point. The Mets and the Diamondbacks, another game of huge implications for the wild card. Both teams are in it. Nationals and the Twins, the Nationals trying to solidify that first wild card. The Twins trying to solidify the American League Central. The Rays and the Rangers, the Rays trying to solidify their wild card spot. Cleveland and Los Angeles of Anaheim. Indians also trying to claim that, uh, that wild card spot. And then we've got some tankathon game here. We've got the Royals and the White Sox. Royals trying to tank their way past the uh, Detroit Tigers. The Cardinals and the Rockies. Cardinals trying to solidify their National League Central position. Pirates and Giants doesn't matter. Reds and Mariners doesn't matter. Cubs trying to save themselves in the wild card or in the uh, and the NL Central against the Padres tonight. And the Yankees and the Tigers game was postponed, maybe because they played 4,000 innings last night and the Yankees still lost to the Tigers for some reason. Uh, but the Yankees trying to solidify their um, their place in the American League and uh, overall in baseball. So that's just baseball. That's just baseball. And then we've got the week ahead for, for, for the NFL and in college. So 
I don't know where you guys want to start. We can go whichever way at this point. Oh, and I got the video game on here. Uh, the video game on is NBA 2K2 because NBA 2K20 has come out and uh, I'm not being riddled with microtransactions from this. And we might talk about that later on as well. So I mean, I, I think jump into the uh, microtransactions, man, because we could do a little bit in relation to a certain uh, double G that you nominated. Uh, you know, start off on that Gotta Live Goon, considering we're talking about NBA 2K20 and maybe who has the right to trademark a Taco Tuesday? Mm. Mm. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. All right. We'll, you we... you, you want to get the class involved. I got yeah. you. I got you. Okay. Um, I'd like to start NFL Week 1. So let's go with that. You guys ready for okay. that? NFL Week 1? I'm ready for you. Okay. So... The Miami Dolphins, we'll start with them. Let's start from the bottom. We'll, reach, we'll work our way to the top. And the Dolphins are truly the bottom. Oh, man. So and when we're saying bottom, uh, one metric, I can't remember which one, said that there's a 45% chance that the Marlins will go winless. Uh, sorry, the Dolphins will go winless. I can see why you can mix those two, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, 45% ladies and gentlemen so prior to week one the week beforehand the Dolphins basically got rid of anybody almost everybody of significance including um, uh, well especially uh, Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills however we're like okay they're they're truly getting rid of their really good players and, and just trying to solidify that that number one pick uh, in the NFL if you're the worst team there's no lottery like in the NBA and NHL you just you just get it you just get the number one pick so um, Dolphins came into week one I remember there was one um, professional gambler that actually had a good feeling about the Dolphins I was hearing about him over the week and it's like it's week one and the, the Ravens might stumble out of the gates we don't know how, how Jackson will be as a quarterback, you know, in, in year two and all that stuff. It's like, okay, all right, fine. Um, uh, so, in, in any case, um, the game started, and within the first within the first five minutes, the Dolphins were already down seven nothing. And by the end of that quarter, how, what was the score by the end of that quarter? I think it was like 21 to nothing at yeah, that point. Yeah, I think it was 28 to nothing. Yeah, something like that. And by the end of the half, it was 42 to 42 to 3, I believe. Uh, and then the Dolphins proceeded to score a touchdown in the second half, I think. But regardless, the game ended 59 to 10. It was, they scored 21 it was 21 to zero at the end of the first 42 to 10 at the uh at the end of the half and then they decided to take their foot off the accelerator a little bit and only scored 17 points in the second half yeah so they could have they could have demolished you if they wanted i mean there was a freaking what was it there was a fake punt the ravens ran Mm -hmm. a fake punt play that completely succeeded like they at some point, the Ravens are just trying out all of their all of their plays, and it was just it was basically a showcase for them. Like, okay, NFL, we're the Baltimore Ravens. We're not that bad. Uh, look at all the plays we're gonna run. 
and the, look at all the stuff you got a game plan for at this point. So they, the Dolphins were their 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 guinea pig for anything that they had up their sleeve. It was bad, guys. I I was I was legitimately laughing out loud, truly laughing out loud that first half of the game, and then I stopped watching after that. It is bad. This is tanking that I was not expecting this level of tank. I <laughs> this is a guy this is a guy this is a Marlins fan by the way. <laughs> the Marlins have been doing awful this past couple months, but this that was a woo, dear lord. I, I I was watching I was watching um I was watching the highlights and something that struck me as remarkable was Lamar Jackson his throwing motion reminded me a lot of Mackenzie Milton, how it's very quick, things like that. It was, you know, throwing the ball downfield, which mm-hmm. is a long way of me saying. I find it ironic that Cliff Kingsbury, the guy who said he was bringing the air raid offense to the NFL, mm-hmm. it didn't really go that way. The Ravens had the air raid offense against the <laughs> Dolphins. It was freaking ridiculous, and I loved it. Yeah, and um, I mean, standout for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Uh, standout for the Ravens also, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. I mean, talk about <laughs> talk about an opener for your rookie season. You know, mm-hmm. that was that was quite a show he put on there, man. That guy, that guy can run. That guy is fast beyond belief. Like Minka Fitzpatrick could not. I don't know. Minka Fitzpatrick played him wrong. Uh, because he kind of was flat-footed on him, and freaking Brown just absolutely tore him up. But um, just <laughs> I don't know how much I, <laughs> we should get to the other games because the Dolphins' awfulness, and this is this is probably a, a huge, a, a much bigger conversation as to how you should tank. Because I mean this. The Dolphins are are hitting this reset button out of desperation because they've everything else that they've tried hasn't worked, and they've changed personnel. They've they've hired they've always hired bad personnel, guys who just can't make a good decision, and it's been more than a decade of it, and it has finally culminated to this pile of steaming crap. And I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm okay with it now. I'm okay with it. So that's the Miami Dolphins are terrible for. I don't even have a freaking graphic for it, but. I mean, just put a picture. It would be a season long. Pooping. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. To, to, to steal your thunder a little bit, because we talked about it last week and I kind of always had to hate it. This is the kind of tanking that irks people like me who live in South Florida that are not Miami Dolphins fans, but enjoy football because it's almost as if I got excited for a date, but I already kind of had a Ben Stiller moment from There's Something About Mary, and I now have some fake gel in my ear and my hair, pal. So, you know, I, I even if I don't like the team, I still want to like football. And then once you see it's 21-0, and Brian Flores just went to the guys before the, um, the thing that said, all right, guys, those who have guaranteed money, you're going to get paid. And those who 
don't have guaranteed money because all of you are just scrubs drafted off uh, from the streets or from college, just know this. If you at least make it seem like it's an attempt in the second half, well, well we won't cut you. And then let's go out there, and I'm just going to blame you guys. Because right now, you know, Brian Flores is, like, super untouchable the way that uh, Don Mattingly is super untouchable in Miami. Because right. Jeter comes to Don, and he's like, hey, man, you ain't going to get fired. Win a few games that you shouldn't win, sip on some Mai Tais, look at some Cuban women, and then you're good. That's probably why Brian Flores is like, look, I'm a, I'm a married man, but I got love LeBron, pal. More on that later. Um <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I talk about, the kind of tanking that should at least have some penalties. And mind you, you're never going to be able to say that, hey, we we were tanking. We just have a young, inexperienced team. Because that's, that's the fancy euphemisms that you want to use. Yeah. We have a young, inexperienced team, and it's not our fault that we shed a lot of salary. And I think it's ironic because you and me were going back and forth a little bit on the Twitter game, Follow Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Andrew Dempryhole is at Twitter. And then also, uh, Fra- I, I never know Francisco's. But he can always plug it in and don't follow me because I'm anonymous, really. But, you know, we talk about what is really tanking. We, we mentioned the heat to bring in the basketball that Pat Riley wouldn't tank. He would just financially eat up the salary cap and justify it as a different form of tanking. But here, you know, it's so bland the tanking in Miami for the Dolphins. I'm just like, what are you going to do? At least, at least, you know, Roger Goodell's got to find one of his testicles. And maybe put a pen, uh, some kind of penalty of six and seven. You can never prove it. I know it's unreasonable. All ownership and team should be able to do. But for the whiny casual fan like me, and listen, I know my because what is South Florida also consists of the side of a guy who likes the Tennessee Titans, probably Bills fans and Patriots fans and uh, you know oh, the Jets fans. And if your team ain't on, you got to watch some terrible, terrible you know Miami Dolphin football. Yeah. And I hate you guys because Fox doesn't go on at one o'clock games most of the time. You guys don't want to call games, and I'm not gonna pay for red zone when I can see the damn highlights on halftime show. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, how about them Titans? All right, I'm gonna segue into this. <laughs> My favorite quote that I heard this week that I really kind of want to use in court, and I would totally be held in contempt for it. But you know what? Sometimes it doesn't matter. You gotta do it is Delaney Walker coming back from an injury se- injured season because he twi- busted his ankle, I won't even say twisted, to score two touchdowns and return the game. And he's telling reporters, and he hits something that I think is very important for us because we're just three guys who are trying to talk about sports, right? Mm. There are people who are paid to make, and no one can see, but you know the quotation marks in the air when you hear me, predictions, solid predictions. Oh, yeah. Predictions that you can go for your gut about who's going to make it. What was everybody doing? Saying them. I think Vegas had it. There was the Bears and the Browns. Ironically, they both lost. That They were the best Super Bowl bets. And mind you, I will say this now before I go into my diatribe and my soapbox and dying on the mountain, that one game loss is better than 16 games lost, and you can't take much in a one game being lost. I get that. But Delaney Walker, my boy, who is not a golly goon, he is a Charles Sports Goof guy right now, says <laughs> to the reporter, you want to crown him? Go crown him, but we still play football. Yeah. Man, that was so good. But it's true because there's pundits who fall in love with the idea that they forgot that Freddie Kitchens. And the reason why I'm poo-pooing on Cleveland is because Cleveland – you got to remember, they went 0-16 two years ago, mm-hmm. and they think that winning seven games and tying means they're great, and then getting OBJ. And I respect OBJ. I like OBJ. He's a little eccentric, but you know what? Eccentric is better than... He's not stuff He's top. not as eccentric as a certain other wide receiver right now. <laughs> but but, but we don't, let's not spoil it yet. Easy. Almost there. Almost there. All right. But, um, you know, you're putting in all these pieces, and you forget you have a rookie head coach who doesn't have the game time calling yet. 
you have a second-year quarterback who was prone for throwing picks last year. I think people forgot that because they they love to run on the idea that Baker threw 27 touchdowns and forgot that there was about 12 or 13 picks accompanying him. And he, he look, the game didn't really get blown out until that pick six by um by Malcolm Butler, mm-hmm. and then it was just like a bit middle finger. And then it also comes into the idea that play calling that's suited towards running in the new weapons or the offense that you're expected to be such as because let's talk about it with you know obj and jarvis and and joku there was probably a lot of anticipation there was gonna be a ton of passing you know in my mind the best way to slow down the titans was just kind of like feed nick chubb the ball as much as you can and i don't believe they do it and it ended up costing them losing 43-13 so i i poo-poo on them for you know, opening their damn big mouths. I'm checking right now. Nick Chubb only got 17 carries, so you know what? That that's fine. I'll redact that statement. But I will say this is, and it goes back to all the reporters. And I won't even say the reporters. I'll talk about the guys, all the other goons who are gonna fall in love with the team and say they're in the Super Bowl when one player is not gonna raise your win level from seven to like 12 or 13. Because the presumption when it comes to Vegas betters is that you're gonna go to Super Bowl, but you're not gonna go to the Super Bowl. Let's be real, guys. When they go into those bettings and those predictions and i'm sure fred has excellent detailed rankings you should check out nfl fred rankings ladies and gentlemen who are listening we're Another actually we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get to that too yeah mm-hmm. I, I know, we're, we're just giving no, wait does he have an nfl one? one he does oh okay so let me I sent you a link to it in the facebook group so you can oh, put it on screen all right i'll look for it then uh, See, keep... I, I picked that up so yeah you guys ruined the mystique ah thanks charles it's okay it's okay i love you guys in closing um, you know, you get these guys. Vegas doesn't come in with the presumption of, you know, the teams who are best suited to win the Super Bowl are going to be 9-7 teams, 10-6 teams. It's really the presumption of being 13-3. I'm sure my boy Fred can tell you right now where the Browns really are. Please, Fred, let the crowd know or let me know ahead of time so I'm not crying. Um, but this is a prediction. But moving forward to one other transition to another football team, when you have guys who are just pretenders or, you know, sheeps in wolves' clothing – to the real big dog, the Lions. Because Jesus effing Christ, man, uh, the Patriots. Uh, Oof. Oof. <sighs> I, I respect it. I respect it. I respect it because you took a known rival. You spanked that rival. You let that rival realize that, hey, not only do we steal your girl, mm-hmm. but on our worst day and on your best, you can never touch us. James Conner was ineffective. Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't get separation. James yeah. Washington, um, Dante Moncrief got nothing going on. And Big Ben looked like Big Baby B, you know, going on there. And listen, I think right now I'm kind of feeling the Team Petty stuff for the Patriots, <laughs> AB aside, because I have words on that, is because I, I think I just respect on a day where a team had a 21 point lead and they didn't even lose but they had to deal with the humiliation of a tie because they didn't know how to put their when their when the foot was on someone's neck they didn't know how to crush the windpipe bill yeah. belichick said no, you double tap that head to make sure the zombie's dead yeah <laughs> they just kept running that score man and i respect it because that's winning culture that is winning tradition that is how you do it that's why you get championships you could say you won a championship but prove it that's one of the things that Belichick, back when he had the Randy Moss days, when he's dropping 50 points on people and they're losing their minds, Belichick's like, nah, because it, it's a way of showing respect but letting you know that on your best day, you can touch me. Mm-hmm. So that's the comment I want to be there because it's such a different philosophical uh, thing because in the season in the NFL, where you have one team blatantly tanking and you have other teams who are just trying to make makeshift pieces on a presumption, on a presumption that they might have a chance by signing one star wide receiver 
from a disgruntled New York-based area. Then you got this team who gets a different kind of disgruntled star receiver who's not even in the game, mind you, not even in that game, and still kills you with a guy who is basically a reclamation project and Josh Gordon really going to the first full year as a Patriot, and then a bunch of white receivers and white running backs that makes you say, damn. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're, they're, well, they're obviously going to win their division. That's uh, the New York Jets. That's an LOL. Um, Adam Gase once again proving that uh, he's uh, mediocre is in his DNA. Mediocre is in his DNA, so that's that's fun. Uh, the Pats, I mean, Lesai, Lesai for the rest of us, you know. Um, uh, any other? Well, actually, I had some uh, some headlines here that I wanted to get through. Um, did y'all see Vernon Davis? Yeah. Just, that was pretty touching. That was a feel-good story right there. Him catching that touchdown pass. Amazing grab, BT Dubs. Amazing grab. Um, and on the uh, the following day after his grandfather died, which was, um, I mean, his grandfather basically raised him and was his father figure in his life. So that's, that freaking, that got to a lot of people. That was like, um, that was just so touching. And then um, you all saw what happened in Philly with the, yeah. the Phillies fans and a certain player for the 76ers. <laughs> Poor Mike Scott. You want to take on a six foot ten guy? I, no, you I want to take on a six foot ten guy. I, I, Mike Scott's not even that scary looking. I'm not gonna try that. Yeah, just because he likes a different team. Grow the hell up, fans. Grow the hell up, Philly. All right, if we could do a 10-minute monologue on that, we do it on a different day. And, and to uh, to be fair, everybody kept saying that, okay, so uh, the Phillies brought out some Philly fans were at the tailgate outside Lincoln Financial Field, and they had a casket with a Redskins shirt on top of it. Now, it was reported by some people on Twitter that it was a Sean Taylor jersey. And if y'all don't know, Sean Taylor, former Miami Hurricane, was uh, unfortunately murdered in his home uh, back in 2003 or four, something around there. Uh, like 2008. Oh, oh, okay. Maybe it might have been earlier than I thought. But, or, or, um, 2007. It, 2007. All right. So uh, regardless, he was murdered in his home uh, along with his family, I believe, or his wife. So uh, people thought it was a Sean Taylor jersey or a Sean Taylor shirt. Uh, upon further review, looking at the... Uh, closely, it wasn't. It was like a, a like a red, or like a, a Washington Redskins 1991 championship shirt, you know, uh, celebrating that than anything else. So I guess they were trying to say because you know they haven't won a, a Super Bowl in a long time, and Philadelphia has in the last decade or, or this millennium. I guess that's what they were saying. But regardless, who brings a casket to a tailgate? Well, Phillies fans are. Well, Philadelphia fans, but I guess Phillies fans could also probably do it as well. Um, yeah, not a good look, Philly, but I guess they're used to it. So, you know, that was a thing. Uh, Nick Foles goes down. So there's that. Uh, Storybook nightmare. Yeah. You just signed this guy to a $100 million contract, $88 million guarantee. Mm-hmm. He breaks a clavicle, guys, throwing a touchdown pass that yep. shouldn't even have really been thrown. But he's like, screw it. I'm beat, you know, Big D Nick going on here. And he showed. He showed it. But, man. Uh, 
Yeah, that's that probably the most metal thing ever. Offense? You throw a touchdown breaking your clavicle. That's pretty metal. But right. <laughs> it's not going to do the Jaguars any good after that. Um, any other standouts? Uh, well, uh, oh, the, uh, the Oakland Raiders won their first game. Uh, much to the... Uh, and I'm very... I was really surprised at the turnout in Oakland for that game. I feel like this whole... And we're going to get to it. The Antonio Brown saga... Uh, which has been a massive whirlwind, uh, being forced out of Pittsburgh. Uh, I guess wasn't he technically traded to Buffalo? No, uh, he didn't. He, he they were gonna send him, and he was like, "Hell no." Okay, yeah, and then uh, goes to Oakland, doesn't show up. Uh, uh, Frost bites his foot. <laughs> a dispute over his helmet. Uh, doesn't show up to training camp. Gets fined a ton of money. Uh, practically fights his GM and then uh, John Gruden forgives him for some reason and then finally the Patriot if he gets released the Patriots pick him up and uh, now he's got some uh, some federal issues now with uh, some sort of mis- sexual misconduct <laughs> that he's been doing allegedly allegedly but uh, knowing this story it's it might not have a happy ending, unlike what the Patriots are usually used to with this type of stuff. Except for that guy that they hired that well, murdered people. Um, <laughs> oh, we got to jab the Patriots somehow. But anyways, the, back to Oakland. Surprised at the turnout. I, I think people in Oakland f- kind of rallied behind that sort of, hey, uh, we're, the, we're Oakland Raiders and, and we're going to get behind our team even though our team is abandoning us for the second time. For Las Vegas and ESPN Monday Night Football had all the Las Vegas construction videos throughout the broadcast. Um, uh, one thing of note that I, I it is the end of an era, guys. It is the end of baseball fields on football fields. That it, is true. It is the last season because the Oakland Raiders are the last team that shares a. Uh, a facility with the Major League Baseball team. So, um, uh, if you saw the the football game with the Raiders and Broncos, uh, they're smack dab and freaking covering almost the entire field is the diamond for the Oakland A's. And the A's look like if they keep playing like this, they'll look like they'll make the playoffs. And it might just go into October uh, that baseball diamond. And I think Charles wants that to happen. So, um, anyways, it, it's the end of an era for that. Uh, so the Antonio Brown saga, guys, uh, any thoughts? Ooh, ooh. You want to take a stab at Andrew before I go on my diatribe? Oh boy. <laughs> also the last season with any original, original AFL, AFL stadiums. stadiums. Uh, let's see. I don't know. The Oakland Coliseum, American Football League. So the Dolphins, the Orange Bowl is down. Uh, I think so. Interesting. Were, were the Buffalo Bills an AFL team? I think so. Um, yeah, but maybe maybe their stadium was built in the seventies. Charles um, or Francisco, if you want to look that up, I'll I... look it up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, someone brought up an interesting point um, that perhaps Antonio Brown's behavior, and again, it's a theory um that perhaps his behavior is due to maybe cte or (sighs) something else um that is certainly a possibility and 
you know, I would feel like an asshole if that ended up being what this is. Um, that being said, I think he's just a diva and a one, one who's been enabled by his agent, his, his inner circle. Um, it's ridiculous. Even, I think T.O. called him out on it. And, and I, I, sorry, uh, I think Freddie's right. I think the um, uh, let's I th- yeah, I think the the Oakland Coliseum is the last of the original American Football League stadiums because uh, the Arrowhead Stadium was built in '72 and um, New Era Field or whatever uh, was was built in 1973. So, so yeah, that's that's it. Anyway, wow. sorry. Go ahead. Um, yeah, interesting point, Charles. I mean, you know, a lot. I know a lot of people are quick to jump on him, and uh, you know, think that maybe you know he is a diva. And I think that he, he, I think that he is. I think he's enabled. He's being enabled. But I think. I don't know. It's it's a tough situation because you always have to have CTE and other uh, mental illnesses in the back of your mind as potential causes. No, for that. no wonder he wanted his helmet. It was basically attached to his head from all the hitting. <laughs> I mean, you went dark there. Uh, yes, I did. But I mean, I don't know, man. This is when it's so it's all. You have O.J. Simpson and Terrell Owens being, like, telling this guy, "You got to chill out, dude." <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah, I I think it is. Just I'm gonna put that stuff aside. I'm uh-huh. just gonna look at this from face value for now. It's it's ridiculous what he's doing. And who's his agent? Rosenhaus. Yes, he is. Yeah, I told I I said that last week. I, there might be a correlation, but. Once again, Terrell Owens was like, you got to chill out, dude. <laughs> I think, I mean, I know Rosenhaus denies that this was kind of some collusion attempt between them and New, York, and New England. I have a hard time believing that. It's hard to, because he has to advocate for his client, so, you know. Right, but, you know, he's talked to a social media expert. Uh. If you If you look at this, it seems like, well, first off, I don't know why he would sign with somebody that he didn't want to play with. Maybe they just ticked him off early on. But you get the sense that this was some sort of orchestrated attempt mm-hmm. to intentionally burn bridges. Um, he was trading them promised guaranteed money. Uh, yeah, I, I think that this was just some orchestrated attempt for him to say to get out of there uh, and make it seem like it was not his fault or something because they're not going to let him go scot-free like that Uh, so he wanted to do whatever was necessary to get out of there Uh and so he did it's ridiculous all right That's, that's me i can't wait to hear what charles has to say yeah go ahead dude all right, so I haven't felt this conflicted 
about someone to support and also poo-poo on in a very long time. And I think the best way that I can describe it is I feel this matter the way I felt about Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker in The Dark Knight because you are astounded by it. You are amazed by it. You kind of get where he's coming from a little bit, but then you realize he's the bad guy and you want Batman to get him. And you're like, all right, Batman, go get this guy. But you see this level of destruction. You see these cool little scenes such as the uh, when he's on the – when he's got the little semi and the scene that happens there. And then when he meets Harvey in the hospital mm-hmm. and at the very end with the boat scene, a little overly long. But I'll tell you now, almost 10, year, 10 years later, The Dark Knight holds up well. Pseudo excited for the Joker movie. Going to be interesting. We'll see about that. Maybe I'll get that <laughs> non-sponsored next week. Gets you there. I feel about that with Antonio Brown. I've always appreciated his skills in Pittsburgh because I can only say Pittsburgh because he hasn't played for any other team, really. Um, here's the thing about Pittsburgh. They don't play, pay, play they, let me rephrase this, they don't pay their superstars, except Big Ben. And Big Ben has a little bit of history, if everybody remembers, but they let other things handle that. They didn't pay Le'Veon Bell, and then he had to go a whole season of dealing with that drama, seeing how they were treating Le'Veon, or actually two seasons, really, because you know, it was the whole issue of franchise tagging and signing and whatnot. And then being a little ruffled, is he crazy? Probably. I actually did mention maybe he took one too many hits in the head. But I'm not using that necessarily as an excuse for what he's doing now, especially with the sexual assault allegations. But I think the best thing to say is not only as a male, but as a lawyer, that let let the case law and let the courts handle that. I won't put my two cents in there. But yet then I find myself supporting Antonio Brown because I'll tell you right now, and the guys, you guys can test to it, I'm very anti-Mike Mayock. I don't believe Mike Mayock was a good hire. I said it when the show first broadcast it. Mm-hmm. I said it on the Twitter thing. I don't think he knows how to handle men because you're not dealing with boys anymore. But, you know, and I don't curse a lot on the show, but I'm only going to do this now. So bleep me if you got to bleep me or I'll bleep myself. Voiding a guy's guaranteed contract is an entire bitch move mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes of what you're going to determine as conduct detrimental team why because we're all taught one thing slippery slope argument because what is conduct detrimental to the team no one really reported mike mayhawk's behavior aside from the fact that brown came to him that they're shouting at you well how did he handle the situation if you're gonna be able to void a contract because of conduct detrimental to a team i think that opens up so many pitfalls and mind you i am not not the nflpa association's attorney or a player association or anything like that part of that guild or any of that nature but i I, you know you gotta own up to it man sometimes those bad contracts it's not like you swung on my man there's other ways to handle it internally what probably happened of reason why they probably voided the contract is they probably got whiff of the sexual assault suit if I'm just kind of speculating, because remember, it was all supposed to be happy, he's good, Mm. and then, hey, guess what dropped on our radar? Listen, I'm gonna tell you a couple of things. In the world of the NFL, there's one, there's kind of, oh, we're gonna get a little controversial here, but I'm gonna jump into it. Oh, Um, oh boy. (laughs) You know, there's two things to which they are imposing on a pseudo zero tolerance policy in a modern day study. No domestic violence, no sexual assault. Right? Mm-hmm. Unless your name is Ben Roethlisberger. Ooh, ooh, I, that's a controversy. Um, <laughs> alleged, allegedly, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. But that's probably when Oakland said, look, this is all because, and this is a good question that we ask, should you disclose to your employer that you are in a federal civil lawsuit for something that rises the claims of sexual assault? If you're telling me that you voided that contract because you didn't like that and you felt that he was obligated to disclose that to you, 
And you use that, because let's be honest here, if they were going to avoid this contract, they would have avoided this contract because of the argument with Mike Mayock, they would have traded him, or they would have cut him that day. Personally speaking, they wouldn't wait the, the what was it, half a day or a day window. It would have been all done immediately. I think what happened, speculation, they found out about it and said, look, you didn't disclose us after we did all this stuff, no, no more money. But still, yeah, this is me playing devil's advocate for him because I told you he enamored me. But at the end of the day, if he is guilty of something, let him let him get it right. Yeah, is that obligation to disclose every single thing, you know? And I don't know, man. It's a lawsuit. That it's not like an admission of guilt. People get sued all the time, and I'm not going to go over the typecast of whether or not he did or did do it. I read some of the uh, read some of the claims according to ESPN, but that's not even reliable in our senses. But at the end of the day, they're both goons, Mike Mayock, and you know um, Antonio Brown. And it's weird, and I'll, I'll make this very supernatural for us. We've all lived in South Florida, still live in South Florida, and I feel like the ghost of Al, of Al uh, Davis with some brujeria work going on <laughs> is like, ha-ha, look at me, still relevant into it. Oh, gosh. It's a disaster. Oh, gosh. All right, so uh, that was our NFL talk. Um, that was just week one, dear Lord. Let's see what happens in week two. The New England Patriots are stopping by Miami this week. So I can't wait to see how awful things will be for next week. <laughs> we'll stay tuned. We'll see how far that tank can go. Oh, boy. So, gosh, that's going to be great. Uh, all right. So speaking of goons, because uh, Charles kept mentioning uh, goons, we're going to go to our Gottlieb's goons segment here. And... I had one lined up, guys, and my Gottlieb goon is uh, LeBron James. Mm. Now then, uh, yes, I'm a Miami Heat fan, and I was not on Team Petty. When LeBron James left for Cleveland, I was very thankful for the four seasons that he was here. We got two championships. He went back home. Yes, he wanted to have control and... And have an owner that would uh, lie down and do anything that he wanted. But, whatever. We got ours. We got ours. He got his. Things should be good. However, LeBron goes over to Los Angeles and all of a sudden he thinks he's King Mexico. And he, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post it here on the, on the search screen here. He wants to trademark Taco Tuesday. All right. Now, uh, as I posted below, that is a real jerk move. Yes, and uh, I, we have our, our biggest proponent of Taco Tuesday is Sir Charles here. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, first off, what's your reaction to that? I mean, listen, I, I feel like LeBron says he wants to trademark Taco, Taco Tuesday. There's an appreciation for him for having a business acumen because LeBron understands that He's in the business stage of his life, right? Right. That's why Space Jam do Space Jam Two is coming out. That's why you know he, he's doing his TV show with the barbershop stuff. That's why he's probably gonna try to make an attempt to trademark Taco Tuesday. So I know I'm sure someone probably already trademarked that many years ago when it was allegedly Taco Tuesday. But here's how I feel about LeBron doing it. It's like a kid showing a macaroni picture to their parents, and I'm like that's nice, dear, and then they parent just puts on the fridge like that's the ugliest damn thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> um, you know if you want to get yourself over as a meme 
as a GIF, as a Vine, even though I know Vines are dead, even if you want to get yourself over as having LeBron James t-shirt company where it's a picture of his mouth saying, Taco Tuesday, it's, uh, it, it, it's amazing. But LeBron, it's not like you're being a proponent for tacos. Let me tell you something, pal. Everybody really likes tacos. Even people who don't like tacos appreciate tacos. They just probably choose a better form of the version, like a burrito, you know, whatever, whatever kind of thing's coming in. I got respect you wanting to market it. But here's the thing. Even if you trademark Taco Tuesday, it really is not going to have an impact as opposed to every other thing that really matters when you're trademarking it. But it's cute. That's a nice macaroni portrait that you created. And you pray to God, you can say that there's ants in the home so you can discard the damn concept and never have to see it again. But then what happens is if he's not going to trademark Taco Tuesday, He'll make up a new thing like, oh, I like milkshake Mondays, you guys. Yeah, or fast food Fridays. Good for him for being a business acumen. Do yourself a favor, you know, succeed, make a lot of money, own an NBA team, and for the love of God, be a better NBA owner than Michael Jordan, who won't even spend, what, five cents over what his limit is. Really frugal. Yeah. That's me. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm so, why? I like, okay, I know LeBron has holdings in a lot of companies. Um, Beats, he has holdings in uh, Blaze Pizza, so he's he already thinks he's Sir Italian here. It's me, Mario. Woohoo! Like he thinks he's he's everybody at this point. So I guess he's gonna go for the Mexico thing. So LeBron thinks he's he, he's gonna wear some brown, have a big giant mustache, and I can say all this stuff because I'm Latino, so I can say this. Um, and I was just in El Paso, Texas again. By the way, another wonderful trip to the great old city of El Paso, Texas, and. Uh, I, I swear they need to make you their their minister of tourism, tourism. Or whatever. <laughs> we can we can have an actual sponsor for this show. Uh, Patreon.com slash sports goofs, everybody. Uh, especially LeBron James. If you want to trademark sports goofs, LeBron, and become our official sponsor, you can do it. Like it's available. Like we'll we'll take anything at this point. Uh, <laughs> um I don't know, guys. I I, I I, this ain't it, Chief. This all I can say. This ain't it, Chief. <laughs> that's all. I, I just feel like, like I know. Okay, Pat Riley has three P. That's nice and clever, but this is Taco Tuesday is a movement. It is a a celebration of great food and a culture. It, it's and I feel like he's just trying to take it all away from us. So. That's yeah, the same eight chief. No way, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> no. Way. Uh, so so let, let's let's talk about this though. You know, since they're trying, you know, both all sports except for I think NHL. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Are trying to make a Latin America cultural inclusiveness, you know, like Los Heat. So if LeBron's gonna wear a Los Lakers jersey, if he will play with the stereotypical Speedy Gonzalez kind of like. Time. Well, he actually, he like, might actually, in, he might encounter and, Speedy yeah. Gonzalez and Space Jam. So, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So the <laughs> point being is that you know, then maybe if you, no, no, you're good, you're good, you're good. Like I, I like the idea because no, we're giving him ideas though. This is the problem, Francisco. Mm-hmm. He's stealing our ideas. <laughs> um, LeBron James secretly it, it, watches it's, it's this true. show. I almost lost my train of thought. Oh my god, swear. <laughs> Oh gosh! Why not? Right? Why not? It's okay, Hefe. We'll find you. Um, but you know, has he ever had a burrito? 
like questions I have for later or mm. for one of those slow days where you have the game. Damn. I don't know where I was going with it. I'm, I'm just now, I'm just thinking about it now. I when they, I think when they do with those, okay, if they do those Lakers, I need them to just have like a little cart of Taco Tuesday LeBron style. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just need this now. Uh, God, okay, this thing has gone off the rails. <laughs> all right. Um, eh, eh, all right. So, but he's eh, a goon. That's the point. Bring it back. He's a goon. <laughs> Uh, Andrew, any other final thoughts before we move on and we don't have any other goons for the week? Um, not really. Although, uh, the fact that you're talking about trademarks, um, I think is actually a really good segue into something else. But actually, I'm going to hold that there for a second. There's some breaking news out of Miami, as a matter of fact. What? what where? The the AAA, the American Airlines. Oh, that's Air. right. Yes. That American is American Airlines is going to drop their sponsorship of the arena. So wow. for the first time in the venue's history, and it's been open for 20 years, mm-hmm. almost 20 years, it'll no longer be, it'll, for the first time, not be known as the American Airlines arena. That is, wow, that that is true. I'm surprised. Wow, that slipped my mind. But yeah, wow. Okay, so... What's um? <laughs> so for next week, for next week, we should think of some names for the for the American Airlines Arena. All right. And I'm and I'm glad though that for one year you had kind of the American Airlines NBA Final. That's true. 2006, the the Dallas Mavericks versus the Miami Heat. The American it's the Air- Mavericks playing the American Airlines right. Center. Right. Um. American Airlines La... Arena, of course, in Miami. La Carreta La... Arena. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that. Okay. Okay. So, breaking news aside, I would like to go roughly, sort of, into college football. We can go delve deeper if you want later. Mm-hmm. Um, but this got me thinking because you were talking about trademarks. So, like a month or so ago, Ohio State, which is officially known as The Ohio State University, and all of their fans, all of their players, they call themselves The Ohio State University. They they do extra emphasis on the the, the the, whatever you want, (laughs) however you pronounce it. Yeah. They filed a trademark request on the word the yes yes (laughs) i am serious i am not joking the pto the patent and trademark office uh today as a matter of fact uh said yeah you can't do that they they denied the application uh i'm sure that they're going to appeal or whatever but still uh, they said the application didn't prove the functions as a trademark, meaning that it doesn't distinguish its gear from any other. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is the wrong. That is the outcome they were not hoping for. Or the outcome that they the were. The <laughs> outcome they were looking. For. That oh. was the outcome they were not looking for. Okay. Okay, so, uh, well, since we are, let's see, 13 minutes until our halfway point, 
Uh, I don't know if you guys want me to get through some smaller segments and we can do college football starting in the second half. Not sure. I think that might be better. All right. So uh, smaller segments. Let's go. So our smaller segments are here. Uh, first one that I'm going to do. So uh, let's better know a minor league team. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but the minor league baseball playoffs are going on as of this moment. However, I once again, I choose these based on randomness. I basically open Instagram on our Sports Goose page. Uh, if you look, go on Instagram, slash, go at Sports Goose, whatever, you'll find us. Um, and I, whatever minor league team pops up is the one that I look up. And this one happens to be the Hillsboro Hops. All right, so the Hillsboro Hops, they play out in Hillsboro, Oregon. They were established in 2013. They play in the uh, single-A short season in the Northwest League, and they are in the South, the Southern Division, actually, the Southern Division. Um, they have, they are, they've, they were established in 2013, and they have been the affiliate for the Arizona Diamondbacks since they've started. They have not had any other affiliate. Um, they were, they play, well. They've won two championships already, so they won in 2014-2015. So Diamondbacks farm system has done a pretty good job, and, and um, I mean they lost Paul Goldschmidt, and they're still in the thick of this play. It seemed like that they weren't going to be uh, in this freaking playoff race, and they're still hanging on. So um, I think Tony Larusa is uh, the, the president of baseball operations there, if I'm or at least a special advisor to the owner out there. So. Uh, there's some, you know, uh, clout going on out there in Arizona, and Hillsboro Hops are part of that. Their mascot is cleverly named Barley. Uh, they play at Ron Tonkin Field, which opened in 2012, has a capacity of 4,500. And their field is not a grass field, even though it's an outdoor field. It is not a grass field. It is an artificial turf field with uh, dirt at the pitcher's mound and home plate for some reason so it's it's kind of a weird setup there but i i don't know why um and that's the hillsborough hops don't know if you guys have anything to say about them but that's them the hillsborough hops moving on no <laughs> I, I don't really have much to say all right so hillsborough hops they have a pretty cool logo actually i actually like it well oh wait 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 there was their stadium is actually pretty cool so let's let's head on out to their stadium, Ron Tonkin Field. Uh, they have, of course, they're gonna have a nice beer garden, and I think Charles would like that. So Charles, if you're ever in Hill, maybe Hillsboro, Oregon, will be your El Paso, yes. Texas. <laughs> maybe it could be your El Paso, Texas. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a stretch. <laughs> What's in Oregon besides? I mean, beer. Okay, fine. Sure. Okay. Alcoholism is fun, guys. <laughs> All right. So that's better know a minor league team. Uh, my next one is Let's Haul, y'all. And I decided to, because NHL training camp is finally starting. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky is in South Florida. That's great for us. They, he's revealed his new mask. It's all right. Uh, goalies, everybody's, there's currently rookie camp right now. Rookie tournament's happening across the NHL before actual training camp starts, but players are already here and doing stuff. 
However, I decided to pick a certain player that uh, I think Andrew is a certain fan of, and that is Martin Saint Louis. Yep. Alrighty. He he's he's the man. Uh, what's so special about Martin Saint Louis, Andrew? Uh, well, just from a personal note, um, uh, well, I don't know. He, he's kind of that scrappy player. Um, uh, he's not tall. He's, he's as tall as I am. He's 5'9", which in hockey is extremely small. Um, most players, you know, are around six feet now, not including skates. Um... So he's small, but he also was just tenacious. Um, you know, case in point, if you can pull up a picture from the 2004 Stanley Cup final, uh, he got a high stick to the face. Um, and you could see the blood and everything coming off, and it didn't matter. He kept playing through it. He was probably as valuable as Vincent LeCavier in that series or anyone else for that matter, really. Um, maybe not on the score sheet, although he was, he was prolific on the score sheet, Yeah. but it was also just kind of that leadership and that grittiness that got everyone else around him to say, you know what? We can do it too. Um, so that was a great thing about him. Um, you know, I wasn't a fan of the Lightning back in 04, uh, but I was certainly a fan of them uh, in 08 and going on during their other uh, playoff runs. And, you know, it was just definitely somebody that I looked up to as a player because, you know, like I said, he really had that never say die sort of attitude. I mean, he had to. I mean, he was, he, he's a short, relatively he, he, short compared to other NHL players. Right, and you'll see a lot of guys like uh, I forget, like Tyler Johnson. I think is pretty small, who also plays for the Lightning. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault in Vegas. Right, you, you see kind of a correlation between height and tenaciousness, um, out of necessity, really. Um, but it was always cool having him around and. Uh, in some ways, I think he deserved to be captain more than Le Cavalier. Um, but captains are usually the ones who score the most, so I don't know. But I'm a huge fan of his. You know, it was really tough to see him leave to go to the Rangers. Um, but I know that there was a kerfuffle between him and Steve Eiserman. So uh, that was really an un really not possible i think for the rest of his career for the two of them to be around each other right it kind of soured the relationship towards the end of his career between him and tampa bay but uh, uh, that that i i that blew over after he it retired did. and then obviously he got inducted into the hall which completely blew everything over because i think he's the first lightning like true lightning to make it to the hall of fame right um and totally, like I said, he totally deserves it. Um, and I don't have his point stat. I don't have his stats in front of me, but well, um, I mean, I have him in front. Oh, give me one second to have him in front of me. But uh, all right, so 
and uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame. I have his his uh, his profile here for the Hockey Hall of Fame, and this these are I mean the 2004. Let, let's go with the 2004 playoffs. Um, in 23 games, he scored. Uh, he had he had 24 points in 23 games. He was more than a point per game player throughout that playoff run. He didn't win the Conn Smythe. That was Brad Richards, but he could have. He could have very much won the Conn Smythe that season. Um, just 972 games played for the Tampa Bay Lightning alone. Um, I don't know if that's a record within the team. I don't know if Vinny LeCavalier has probably LeCavalier. It, it's either it's between him and LeCavalier for these records. By the way, right. Um, Although but, I think Stamkos might be approaching that. Maybe, maybe, but Stamkos needs to win the big one at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So 1,134 games played. He played for the Lightning, the Flames, and the New York Rangers. Uh, 1,033 game uh, points. So he was almost a career point per game player. Uh, just freaking amazing. 391 goals, 642 assists, and the blueprint of the short player, basically. Exactly. Um, Jonathan Marchessault basically is our modern-day Martin St. Louis. And bear in mind, he wasn't drafted. Oh, no. That's right. Oh, that is very much right. He, he was not drafted. Right. He was uh, um, He was undrafted. He's actually uh, – uh, he shoots left, right winger. Five foot eight is the actual official height here, according to Hockey Reference. 180 pounds, but 180 pounds of pure freaking muscles. I don't know if you've ever seen the. There was like a, a photo of, uh, I guess, towards the end of his career, showing his legs. His legs are just zero percent body fat, just pure muscle. That guy did not skip leg day, that's for sure. Um, but, so I think, I mean, aside from the fact that he was a good player. Um, you know, that's that's why he was he's honestly my favorite player because yeah. he had that you know tenaciousness that I strive you know maybe not in hockey because I've got no career in hockey and or any professional sport for that matter um, but that you get what I'm saying right it's that kind of you know I'm gonna go 110 percent on everything I do right I mean, I mean, this. These are the stats. Hall of Famer, 2004 Stanley Cup champion, five-time All-Star. I'm surprised it's only five times. Um, three-time Lady Bing uh, Award winner, which means basically means he barely had any penalties against them uh, for for three seasons. 2004 Hart uh, Trophy winner, uh, two-time Art Ross winner. I mean, <laughs> what else can you say? What else can you There's say? There's not really much more you can say yeah, about. He was great. He was fantastic. So that's our that's that's our trip down the Hall of Fame. Uh, hockey is less than a month away now, so I'm getting excited because I actually might have something to be excited for this season. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens, guys. So um, that's our let's haul, y'all. And I think we've got two minutes here, and I think I can get this one out of the way if I do it quickly. Um, give me one second here. Uh, it's players we remember to forget. Uh, let me see my show sheet real. Okay, so uh, my player we can remember to forget is Brad Dougherty. I don't know why. I don't know how I picked this name out of a hat, but I did. Um, so we will. I have no idea where I got this name from, to be honest. Uh, give me one second. 
Um, he's actually n not that bad of a significant of a player to to be on this um, to be on this on this segment here. And there he is, looking like uh, he's filming Top Gun uh, on Wikipedia. Uh, American, uh, he's actually a co-owner of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series team. Holy crap, I did not know that. Oh, he's from North Carolina, so that makes absolute sense. <laughs> uh, he played for UNC, so he is a Tar Heel, and he played his entire career for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Drafted number one overall pick in 1986 by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, played all four seasons at North Carolina. Five-time NBA All-Star, um, uh, NBA All-Rookie team, uh, number 43, has been retired by the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the reason I did not know about him is because he played for the Cleveland Cavaliers before LeBron James came there. Uh, but What a poor soul. Yeah, but he's on this, and once again, we have to remember him, because if not, it'll be like Coco, and we'll forget him. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. but this is actually, he's probably the most prestigious of the players we remember to forget so far. He probably shouldn't even be in the segment, but... In West Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that actually got us over the one-hour mark, which means we get to our next segment here. And uh, it's a word from our non-sponsors. Guys, non-sponsors, things that we like, people, places, concepts, things. Um, who started last time? I think I was the one who started first last time it's a, we, we do a rotation so i think this week andrew i think you're the first one up all right let's do this all i right. actually thought of one this time yay um rubber gloves is my non-sponsor of the week <laughs> really yes okay so my non-sponsor is rubber gloves all right I, um context please <laughs> see Recently, and I you have like a I, certain brand or, or something. I was spouting water out. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, I'm just gonna well, go I to. Would, I would clean that up with a paper towel and some rubber gloves. Okay, okay, we got rubber gloves on screen here. <laughs> so, I do a lot of dishes, and <laughs> my my hands they they start to get you know dry, ironically dry chapped and things like that and it is very very painful um oh. so i said to myself i should get myself some rubber gloves that might make my job my life a lot better yeah when i'm doing these dishes um and there are those like yellow ones you know things like that now you need to be some i tried lotion it doesn't work <laughs> it works for a little bit but then when i do the dishes again Bed, bath, and body works. <laughs> um, it, it works for a little bit, and then when I do the dishes again, all all progress I made on my skin goes away. So I got myself some rubber gloves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they have worked wonders. Not only do they keep my hands nice and nice and. Uh, I don't want to use that word because it might freak everybody out. Um, it keeps them nice and not chapped and dry. Okay. Keeps them nice and soft. Thank you, Charles. 
it keeps them nice and soft and also they have these little grippy things on on your fingers on your fingertips moist <laughs> that was actually the word i was gonna say so, so your, your words not mine so, so you, they, you, you could play wide receiver with them basically exactly um <laughs> so rubber gloves i i don't know what brand it was i think i got it from walmart or something but it doesn't matter the brand rubber gloves they're awesome they have made my life a lot easier promo code soft supple hands oh <laughs> uh, charles you're <laughs> You're up, you're up on the rotation here. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to piggyback on it just to create the Saroon uh, vibe. This non-sponsor is brought to you by Machetes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> uh, but, but I'll actually go with what I prepared for. But Jesus Christ, I did not think I was going to hear Andrew say moist and supple in one night. Uh, my my non-sponsor of the week is Pluto TV. Um, ah. it is a, it, it's an app that you can get on your Roku, your Fire Stick, my PS4. Guys, I, I don't like sleep in the dark. I have Spanish voodoo powers. I see things that I don't like to deal with. I need a little bit of light. Plus, also, the sound helps me out. Whatever. So, instead of watching Bob's Burgers for the umpteenth time, good show. You guys should watch it. But I feel like I'd be quoting the lines in my sleep. You know, my mom's like, hey, try Pluto TV. It's kind of like free television. It might be something that interests you. I'm like, you know what? What the hell? I'll try something new. I download Pluto TV, and it's pretty good. It's not excellent. It's not awesome. It's just just right like a glove. Mm-hmm. It's just right. Some of the highlights that they have is they have a Pluto 007. So it just broadcasts all the 007 movies. Awesome. Sign me up for that right now. I was falling asleep to License to Kill, but I wasn't really falling asleep. It's like, oh, man. And then they had Her Majesty's Secret Service. Like, all right, we'll skip it. They actually have Impact Wrestling on there, and I don't give Impact a lot of hype on um, the, the cage, but mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. So I had to watch a couple of the recent episodes. It's okay. Uh, and then they have some weird stuff, and it had this channel on, called, like, 11 Sports or whatever, or the, the, th- the thing was, but it was called the – national simulation football league where it was just like an esport of a simulation of afl 2k or something of that equivalent by 2k so it was just they were doing like color commentaries if we're just playing the game and instead of actually having color commentary you have people sub in so i'm like oh great it's a video game you know derivative of mystery science theater 3000 i'm in so i like it will i watch all of it i don't know but, you know, it also does have a special channel that Andrew might like, and it has some things about serial killers. So you can see how you put those rubber gloves to use. But I encourage you to try it out if you're sick of the day and age, not being able to channel surf. If you're old like me, you know, and you kind of miss the days of just flipping through channels as opposed to staying on Netflix. But, like, well, I guess I have to rewatch The Office for an umpteenth time. So Pluto, you know, TV, promo code, as my non-sorcery, promo code, supple. Supple. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, this episode brought to you by the word supple. <laughs> it, should, it should be like uh, like Wee's Playhouse when every time we say supple, everything just goes absolutely crazy. <laughs> okay, I've never heard of this, but oh, wow, they got a huge selection of stuff. That's great. Cool beans. Alright guys, so... Um, I don't know if my non-sponsor is as supple as you guys. 
<laughs> as your stuff. Uh, uh, I, mine was actually it has nothing to do with this type of stuff. Uh, my non-sponsor is Safari Limited. I don't know if I've done them before. I probably have it because I don't remember doing them. I don't remember it. All right, so let me. Uh, Safari Limited is a company based where Miami, Florida. They're based in Miami, Florida, and they make um, all those, like, if you go to, like, a museum or a zoo or what have you, they, uh, you see all these, like, figures of, like, dinosaurs and animals and stuff like that. Most likely, uh, Safari Limited was the one that made them. Uh, they have a huge selection of just stuff. They have a giant collection of of everything uh from it's not just like actual animals and dinosaurs it's i mean you have it on here so they have like uh, the sasquatch and yetis they have dragons they have all kinds of stuff so my particular tastes go towards their dinosaur collection because um i've been collecting their figures since i was like i don't know probably like eight years old like eight like i have figures right here in front of me in my room that are more than that are basically as old, almost as old as I am. I have like, oh, trying to count here, maybe like twenty five figurines of different dinosaurs, and I bought one most recently. It is a feathered Tyrannosaurus Rex. It cost me twenty five dollars. Uh, when I saw it for the first time ever, I was like, I'm an adult man. And that is what I want in life. That is the lawyer that I'm going to be. I'm going to have that in my office so that everybody knows that you're entering the T-Rex nest, which is my office. And, and I've seen that. I see it every time I'm at his office. Right. So Andrew can attest that I do have a feathered Tyrannosaurus Rex figure, which isn't tiny. It's actually pretty large, uh, hanging over my chair in my office. Right next to my Sonic the Hedgehog plush. Uh, <laughs> so when people walk in, you can have confidence that, man, that that guy will, will represent me with the ferocity of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, so, promo code, supple tiny hands. <laughs> which is what which is what T-Rexes have. That's my promo code. <laughs> uh... Does a T-Rex wear rubber? Andrew set the tone for the comp- <laughs> for the entire segment with supple. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, boy. So we are heading into our second half here. Just want to run through the scores real quick here. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers are up 5-2 to two against the Marlins. They are looking for a four-game sweep of the Marlins to help them in their wild-card push. Uh, which is without Christian Yelich right now, and uh, we might get to that. Uh, Washington's up 2-0 against the Twins. The Rays are up 2-0, so Andrew is happy about that. Cleveland is up 1-0 out in Los Angeles of Anaheim. Uh, Braves and Phillies are nothing, nothing, and Dodgers are losing 1-0, and the Jays are beating the Red Sox 2-0. D-backs losing 6 to nothing against the Mets. Mets are desperately trying to hang on here at the end. And we're going to move on to college football after this. And we'll talk about Christian Yelich and baseball after this. Um, uh, let's see. Big games coming up here. Um, as we can see on top of the score crawl, 
uh, Ohio State versus uh, Indiana. I sent and you like over. That, yeah. <clears throat> I sent you over Fred Rank for college football. Okay, so I'll put that up, and Andrew, you can start since you're a college football guru. It's crazy to hear you say that because ten years, nine years ago, when I started at undergrad at UCF, I was not a college football fan. So the fact that I've come so I, I barely knew what barely cared about college football in spite of the fact that my family uh, grew up, uh, spent a lot of time in Tallahassee and went to a lot of FSU games. Um, Even though they barely, they barely, they barely pulled that one out. They almost choked away another game in the second half. I know, and I'll get to that. Believe me, mm-hmm. I will get to that. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so it's, it's really cool, you know, to hear somebody say that I'm the college football guru. It's, a lot has changed in nine years. So let's get to it. Uh, not a lot has changed. Um, few upset, a few, uh, let's see, we'll start with Florida State. We'll just go around the state. You guys got lucky. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You got really, really lucky. You should be thanking your lucky stars that that guy's foot didn't make perfect contact with that ball well for it's it's does... nice for the seminoles to be on the other side of that type of situation <laughs> that's true uh so anyone who doesn't know they were playing i believe it was louisiana monroe yes indeed um they were they had gone to overtime it was tied uh knolls had just scored touchdown plus extra point um ULM scored a touchdown, but then the kicker missed the extra point. So they escaped with a one-point win. You guys are going to have a rough season. (laughs) Yes, we are. And, you know, I covered this a lot last week, but Taggart, man, he he is not a good coach. (sighs) We experienced him firsthand at USF. Okay, one saving grace, the offense isn't that bad. But it's the defense is. <laughs> but go ahead, keep going. Again, as I mentioned last week, this is a guy who who said, you know, we didn't hydrate the players properly. I've drank like four bottles of water now for throughout this segment, so I'm perfectly hydrated myself. <laughs> Nine and four GLA. Can't. No, nine and four. Nine and four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh really man, my, my friend would kill you. Uh, she's a big uh, she's a big dogs fan. Um, so let's see some of the other big games of the week. Um, who is FS? Well, let me go back. So UCF played yeah. FA, FAU down in Boca. Uh, it was another big win. It was forty-eight to fourteen. Did you the go to game, that game, by the way? Who, me? Yeah, since it was close I by. I make it. Uh, okay. I wanted to, believe me. Um, it was the first time that a ranked team that a ranked team had uh, had visited Boca. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. It was a huge deal. And I think it was the largest attended game in the stadium's history, I think. I believe that. Um, the game was suspended early because of a lightning storm in the area and there were only 4 minutes 20 seconds left in the game 
wait for it. Come on, you guys, really? Oh, nice. <laughs> I just got that. You should have just said there was 420 left. I would have immediately gotten that. <laughs> All right, there was 420 left. Well, it's too late now, but nice. <laughs> uh, so it was 420 left in the game when a lightning strike happened. And, of course, once that happens, you have to wait 30 minutes, and then it's a 10-minute warm-up. So both sides just said, screw it. It's, it's not worth it. Let's just go home. Um, Dylan Gabriel, true freshman, got the start and played all but a few snaps, except for the very end when uh, Quadri Jones came in uh, to came in in garbage time. Still a perfect passer, if if I remember correctly. He hasn't played many snaps, but when he does, he's a perfect passer so far. Quadri Jones for Heisman. Uh, so, big news for UCF, though. Uh, last year's um, last year's backup, uh, Daryl Jones Mack, uh, sorry, Daryl Mack Jr., um, he had a broken, a broken ankle uh, during the offseason, but he's been cleared to come back. So, we'll see who gets to start against Stanford. Uh, they are playing Stanford this week out in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time that a California team has visited Spectrum Stadium. Oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, Stanford, of course, is coming off. They held them close for a little bit, but they ultimately lost to USC out in Los Angeles. Prize in Wimbush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brandon Wimbush transferred in from Notre Dame this offseason, was widely expected to be the starter in the wake of Mackenzie Milton's injury, uh, but he is not the starter, and he appears to have been supplanted by Gabriel, uh, and possibly Mac, depending on how he does when he comes back. Although, interestingly enough, there are some people that think that he will convert to wide receivers. Okay. So that would be interesting. Because that would open up a lot, a lot of trick plays, gadget plays. Um, basically, throw it, throw a bubble screen out to the side, and then he can just chuck the thing downfield. And he is big. He's a big son of a gun. Uh, I think he's six two, two twenty. He can bowl people over, and he's got good legs. So it'll be interesting to see how he, if he decides to go to the wide receiver route, how that would go for him. Okay. Uh, some other big games. Uh, let me look at the schedule. Uh, here's an interesting one. Houston is playing Washington State. It's a home game. Yeah. They're playing in Houston, but they're not playing at TDECU Stadium, their home stadium. They're playing at NRG Stadium, which is the home of the Houston Texans. It makes zero sense why they're doing that because... I mean, is it a, I'm assuming it's a bigger venue. It is a bigger venue, but they're not going to need that much. They're not going to need that many seats. It's It makes zero sense. I had a discussion with my friend about it. Uh, it makes no sense why they'd be playing there. I mean, is, is it technically a neutral site game? <laughs> I think it's technically... I think it's... I don't know. It might actually be a neutral site game. I don't remember. Um, let me... You know what? Just... Just for, right. I'm gonna go through the AP poll really quick. Go ahead. Um, I have it here. We have 
What's that? I have it in front of me here. I got Clemson once again at number one. That's not changing. Bama. Alabama. Two. Georgia. LSU. Oklahoma. LSU. That was an interesting one. I actually watched that one live. They played Texas last week mm-hmm. in uh, in Austin. Yeah. Um, that was a close game, but ultimately Texas couldn't pull it out. Much to the just much to the chagrin. Much to the dis- displeasure of Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was at the game. He is a UT alum, and didn't he predict like, LSU to win the game though? Or was no. that no no okay that might have been a meme that I saw that was a Photoshop. But... <laughs> yes, Undertaker was there too. I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, Charles. Undertaker yeah. was there too. Um, side note: Matthew McConaughey is Texas's minister of culture. He is their I mascot, no... basically. Exactly. Um, so, uh, Golf Digest, as a matter of fact, I have no idea why um, they came up with a list of proposed turnover chains, quote unquote, for other teams. Yeah. Um, they proposed the turnover Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but he's basically he's basically um, the Drake of Texas as well. Like the Drake is basically, for Toronto yeah. Raptors, which are actually on screen. That's this is a pretty good game that I have here for NBA Two K Two. It's one twenty seven to one twenty four in the fourth Dang. quarter between the Warriors, <laughs> between the two thousand and one Warriors and two thousand and one Toronto Raptors. I love those jerseys, by the way. The, the Raptors. They're wearing I'm them. Glad they're bringing them back. Yeah, they are. Go ahead. Um, so let's see, Oklahoma. Um, uh, Ohio State, the Ohio State, and Ohio State, and Ohio State <laughs> University, um, Notre Auburn. Dame, yeah, Auburn, Auburn. That was they. I can't remember if it was this past week, but um, they they had a, a pretty they had a good game with Oregon, mm-hmm. um, but they ultimately pulled it out, much to my Oregon friends displeasure because they always seem to throw away these big games at the last minute yeah um speaking of which they played auburn in the 2000 i think it was the 2010 season so 2011 game national championship game with cam newton holy crap utep is not at the bottom of the fred rank anymore <laughs> UMass, they they are not doing well. They are not having a good year. Um, I think they they lost to Southern Illinois, the Salukis, um, okay. being less than point one. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're zero and two. Obviously, he sees them going zero and twelve. I would love to see another winless team although i kind of wish it would be kansas but i think they've won a game already this year uh florida michigan they are lucky yeah you florida Mm -hmm. state think they got lucky michigan got really lucky oh yeah they were playing army army west point in the big house Mm -hmm. they took them to double overtime if i remember correctly yeah they they should have lost that game. I mean, they when got, when is that program? I mean, they got to put up or show up at some point, right? <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, it's Harbaugh's kind of untouchable right now because he's Jim Harbaugh. He's an alum. 
you know, he has success in the in the NFL. Yeah, and with Stanford prior to that. But I imagine that at some point, Michigan fans, yes, and was a fun and yeah. Army so stupid. Z um, Ohio State. If he beats Ohio State, that saves his job um, because I Ohio State absolutely owns them he, right now. He hasn't won a bowl game yet, has he? Has I don't he? think so. Yeah. As far as I can remember. Um, so, what was I saying? Right. Army should have won that game. They just made too many mistakes. They made enough mistakes to let Michigan stay in the game. Case in point, for anyone that doesn't know, Army, along with Navy, they are traditional triple option programs. They don't throw the ball a lot. Um, it makes it very boring in a way. Um but their games go awfully quick because they don't throw the ball a lot, so no incompletions. They just run it down your throat. Um, and they're still successful. Um, they all, they almost beat Oklahoma last year as well. Same situation took them to, I think it was double overtime as well, out in Norman. But one of like the four times that they threw the ball, the pit of the quarterback threw an interception right at the goal line. They were within like the three yard line. Um, so yeah, they should have won that game. Michigan's really lucky. And the pollsters see that too. Cause they dropped three, three spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Utah. They went up well. two spots. Texas went down three spots because of the loss. Right. UCF back up to 17. They had dropped 18 last week in spite of a 62 to nothing win over FAMU. They're back up a spot. Um, they're 16th over in the coaches poll. Texas A&M went down four spots. Mm-hmm. Who did they look to? Uh, they gosh, darn it. Um, damn it, Jimbo. I-, I should be on Team Petty about this, too. Clemson. Uh, oh. They lost to Clemson. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was a big – okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's to be expected. Um, Iowa, their game day is going out to Iowa City this week. No, 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 I'm sorry. They're going to Ames. Ames, Iowa, Iowa State. Speaking of Iowa, their tradition of waving to that children's hospital. Isn't that awesome? Yes, it is. I just want to say that. And it's it's a very recent tradition, too. It started like a year or two ago when the children's hospital opened. Mm Mm-hmm. That is a tradition. It's new, but I love it, and it feels like it's been there for decades. Right. Such a great tradition. Um, this week is the annual um, Iowa Iowa State rivalry game, also known as El Asico. Hmm. I'm serious um, because the games are always these really crappy, low-scoring, boring games. <laughs> so they. It's a it's a playoff of the El Clasico rivalry right. between uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid. This is El Asico, and College Game Day is coming to it this week. Okay. Uh, they are Iowa State is very close to making it into the into the rankings this week. Alas, uh, they fall just a little bit short. Yeah, and the team let's see in the top twenty five that jumped the most. 14 spots, the Trojans out in USC. The team that dropped the most over this past week was Washington. They dropped nine spots. Washington lost to Cal, and 
Okay, so there's something known as the Hawaii test. Uh, Hawaii being so far back time zone wise, Mm -hmm. whenever they play a game out there, the games will start around midnight Eastern time. So the Hawaii test is staying up through watching games all day and staying up through the final game, which is always Hawaii. Um, last week they played, uh, who did they play last week? Crap, who did? Hold on one second. Hawaii football. Uh, last week they played, let's see, let's see, um, Arizona. Oh no, not Arizona. That was their first game. Uh, Oregon State. There we go. They are 2-0 and against Pac-12 teams this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Maryland, that's a big jump. They have been blowing out the teams they've played. I think they've scored 60-plus points in both of their games so far this year. Yeah. Um, they beat a ranked Syracuse team last week by a metric crap ton. <laughs> it just blew them out of the water. It was ridiculous. It's 63 to 20. And, and, then, yeah. and, and how, before that, Howard University, 79 nothing, but... You know, Syracuse right. is actual, yeah. They are they are just beating the crap out of everybody they play. So, am I? Do I think that a, a two hundred seven point jump is a lot? Yes. But do I think that they should be ranked? Yes. Um, now on to Tennessee. Poor Tennessee. Um, they are zero and two this year. <laughs> they played two games over in Neyland Stadium out in Docksville. Yep. They've lost both. The first was a loss to F, uh, to Georgia State out in the Sun Belt. Yep. Please spare me. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk um, about this. Even though they had a heartwarming thing that we'll mention at the end of it to make everyone feel better. But keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so they lost to Georgia State. Um, they thought that was bad. They thought that that was a bad loss, that it couldn't get any worse. It got worse. Um, I'm not saying that BYU is a bad team. They are a good team. And most people would say that they are better than uh, than Georgia State. But the way that Tennessee lost to BYU last week, and again, at home, just ripped their hearts out. Um, they had the lead with, I think, 16 seconds left. Mm. There was, I think ESPN had them as a 99.8%. Yeah, they basically, once again, they always, if you always see, especially after the game on Twitter, you see the graph. They always show the graph, like the line graph that has it like, basically it looks like freaking the Mount Everest at the top. And then it plummets down into the Marianas Trench afterwards. Hey, nice reference there. Um, I went to law school for something. Marianas <laughs> Trench, of course, is the deepest part of the ocean. I learned that in uh, torts. Really? When I was not paying attention to torts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, sorry, Professor Ramon. Keep going, keep going. So, Anyways. Uh, they, they give up this massive pass downfield. BYU ultimately scores, ties the game, 
That is a damn line, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Which part of it? Um, we, give I huge... think the we love you part. <laughs> that is a lie. I'm trying to be nice here. Um, I have horror stories about that. Anyway, life is about the circle, indeed. Well, uh, the volunteers keep going in circles, and then they never get out of it, that's for sure. No, they're not going in a circle. That implies that that there's a there's a rise life is about the circle meaning that it comes back to the beginning uh, no they're just on a straight decline right now oh, gosh. Um, so they ultimately lost to BYU in overtime our Aki top uh, which is the quote unquote official uh, subreddit of of Tennessee and if you get the reference it looks like this um Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Their big thing is Rocky Top, which yeah. is an old country song from God knows when. Um, but they've adopted almost like a second fight song. So they're in like DEFCON one. They don't know what to do with themselves anymore. Um, it's it's very fascinating to see how this how the fan base is reacting. Um, I've taken up probably way too much time. I could probably talk for another hour about college football. Um, I mean, I, will... I, I just want to, like, just to make ten... – first off, the Tennessee Volunteers make me feel good as a Seminoles fan because they are a prestigious program with history that is just doing really bad and hasn't been able to get out of it for what? When was the last time they were good? And probably the last time Nebraska was good. Uh I mean, they last won a national championship in 98, I right. think, mm-hmm. against Florida, over Florida State, no less. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay, keep going. But Florida State won the national championship the next season, so. Okay, but um, one heartwarming thing that they did do, and I don't know if anybody saw the story, there was a kid, probably lives in Tennessee, I'm assuming. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't have a Tennessee volunteer shirt. So I think he grabbed an orange shirt with some other thing on top of it. He got he grabbed like a piece of line paper and drew UT representing University of Tennessee on his shirt, uh, and he just taped it onto his shirt to have a Tennessee Volunteer shirt. And um, uh, some you know kids made fun of him. I think he's in elementary school, but I think his mom or his parents posted the picture, or maybe his teacher posted the picture on um on online and word got out thanks to social media word got out to the tennessee volunteers and they have uh turned the design into an actual shirt that they are selling and which is awesome freddie has it uh has our link there and i'm gonna copy and paste that real soon real quick but yeah it is um it's just great, isn't it? It's a heartwarming feeling. Tennessee actually doing something good for once. Uh, I mean, and I think they, I, if I remember reading correctly, I think they've sold like sixteen thousand shirts so far. I think, yeah, they were. I think they were sold out or they're back ordered or something like that at this point. Um, so let me go to good old sportslogos.net. Good old Chris Creamer out there in Toronto, Canada, uh, does a fantastic job. Of that, oh, once again, 9 11 and um, today as well, Major League Baseball is honoring um, 
that with patches uh, today. Nothing gaudy, nothing, just something very classy, which is what I like more than anything. Um, so there it is. There's the kid's actual shirt, the first, the original, the original shirt. I'm sure that shirt probably is worth more than the ones that they're selling now. <laughs> he could probably sell it on eBay uh, and get a bunch of, but there it is. Uh, there's the actual, he, they, whoever did the vector for that, bravo. It, I, I compared it with the original. It looks, it looks exactly the same. So bravo to whoever uh, vectorized that kid's design. And there it is. And I think uh, every shirt sold will be donated to Stomp Out Bullying. So, Well, some of the proceeds. Yeah, so, it, yes, a portion of proceeds, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yay! Why would he want home? <laughs> Why would he want home tickets? <laughs> That's a very valid point there. Slash. No one wants home tickets right now. <laughs> they could send them to watch the Tennessee Titans, maybe, <laughs> or the Nashville Predators, <laughs> or something like that. Um, yeah, Tennessee right now they're not doing well. Mm. Uh, we'll see how they do next week. Uh, let's. They play. Who do they play next week? Next week, Chattanooga. Okay. You if, never know. They, you never if know. They lose, if they lose, someone is going to set fire to Neyland Stadium. Ugh. I hope that I. I hope they don't, and I really don't expect them to. But still, that'll be the level of. Uh, yikes! That the program will be going through. Ugh. Ooh, is that uh, all college football talk? Or an hour Unless 30? you guys want to add something. Um, nothing more. Uh, the Canes lost. That was nice. Yep. That, was, that made me happy. Listen, uh, listen, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. What's the excuse this week? It's not an excuse. There's a proclamation coming in, and this is the proclamation. Mac Man Brown schooling his, 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 his protege. <laughs> no, Matt, Matt, you know, it's not that Manny Diaz needs to take a page of Bill Belichick's book and just go for the kill, man, because they had the lead at near the end of the fourth quarter. I think it was like a final minute and 57 seconds. I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, ah, man, I know what's going to happen. Manny <laughs> Diaz is going to poop the bed. He's going to go Freddie Kitchens instead of Bill Belichick. Let me tell you something. Perspective goes a long way. It creates confidence, even if it's false confidence. And Manny should have just gone to the boys and be like, not on my watch. No way, Jose. Sorry, Chief. All the cool phrases we said throughout the show. Instead, he just went and said Baker, whatever the hell Baker said post-game. We're like, oh, we love it when the underdogs are against us. I'm like, you're never going to have the university against you or whatever the hell they're going from when they're losing all the time. Like, you almost have Florida. You almost had UNC. You they could, they could very, UNC. they could very easily have been two and zero at this point. They, they could have been two and zero and ranked. Yeah, that's, that's the right. Difference because, mm-hmm. Batum Cookman's next week, and there's another like no name school following. So you know that's not going to help any clout. And I saw the ranking from Freddie, and I would say nine and four is generous at best because I had them going at maybe like that whole like six seven win column. Because Jaron Williams has looked decent, but I don't know if it's a lack of a true killer instinct wide receiver knows how to catch the ball or special teams or having a coach who just kind of freezes when it's game time. But, you know, 
this is also kind of what Miami fans get for talking that big game, not realizing that we were on the downward trend. I mean, it's not going to be so bad. We're only going to win three games. But it's it's going to suck Miami fans. It's going to suck Hurricanes people. Yeah. But all we can do is just sit back and watch because you, 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 you lost the game that mattered. If you beat Florida, because this is Hurricane fans, and I know all you guys would agree with me, if you beat Florida and that was the only game that you won, you could hold that onto your britches. Now it's just going to be like, we got to beat Florida State. And, and that does not mean what it means. Right it, this, that does not mean what it would have meant in the past. So you got to, yeah, that's two digs. That, okay, Andrew, I see you UCF out there with the undefeated record and all your points and all your. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that from a neutral standpoint. But, but yeah. FSU yeah. should to defend me and Francisco, at least are. All Go right. ahead, Andrew. All right. Sorry. Okay, we're gonna get arguing this, but okay, I get you, man. Don't worry. The the Seminoles suck. Don't worry. I, I know it. I'm a I'm a Dolphins, Marlins, and Seminoles fan. It, things are things are going really well for me right now. Uh, a Dolphin, uh, Darlin. Uh, I don't know. Either way, it's in a giant tank right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Moving on from college football, we got. So, let me look at the show sheet one more time. Okay, let's go to baseball. Since we're here, we're getting to the point where I can finally gloat that the Marlins won the Christian Yelich trade. I'm going to say some very horrible things right now. Because <laughs> everybody's like, I didn't, it, I didn't want it to be like this. I didn't want it to be like this. Well, and Marlins, some Marlins. Let me just preface this by mm-hmm. saying, I don't know what Francisco is going to say. But based on what he's been telling us in the lead up, I... Do not. He does not speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks. Let me uh, let me get this off here real quick. So, um, oh, and thanks again, Freddie, for letting us use your rankings. Gracias, very much. Anyways, um, the Marlins and the Brewers are in the midst, and you know what? The wonderful thing was that this happened in the series between the Marlins and the Brewers at home in Miami. So Christian Yelich fouled a pitch off of his kneecap. And that kneecap fractured. Meaning that Christian Yelich, uh, A's beat the Astros. Yeah, that's right. Dear Lord, that was a... Was it the Astros that beat the A's? Was it the other way around? I forgot. But anyways, um, uh, Christian Yelich has once again been putting up nvp type numbers this season which doesn't help our case at all in the trade that happened uh two years ago two seasons ago now um however christian Yelich fractured his knee he is out for the remainder of the season and or the playoffs if the brewers even make it that far they're up five to four against the marlins but it doesn't matter because the marlins have finally won the christian Yelich trade um, this knee, it, it, depending on the seriousness of the injury, who knows if Christian Yelich comes back the same, he might have to play in the American League or something like that. And the Brewers don't play in the American League anymore, that's for sure. Um, he's still under that contract that the Marlins gave him, which is a very team friendly contract. So, uh, the Brewers could let him go at any point and trade him, whatever, if they wanted to, or buy him. I don't know how it works, but. The Marlins won the trade. I, congratulations, Derek Jeter. I'm sure he is very pleased. Um, <laughs> Marlins fans are petty. 
because Christian Yelich clearly wanted out of here, making it seem like it was a more of a dumpster fire than it was. And yes, it is a dumpster fire, but it's not that bad. All right, There's, it's an empty dumpster. All right, there's nothing in the dumpster, so the there's certainly not fans in the dumpster. That's for sure. So just stick around. You could have stuck around for this rebuild by 2020. Two, we would have been back in this. We would have given you a nice deal at the end. You would have been, you could have been on a World Series winning roster. And the reason I am this petty as well is because Brewers fans have been kind of dicks since the trade happened. And he's like, oh, we got, we got the MVP, ha ha, Marlins, ha ha, you guys suck, ha ha, we're in the playoffs, ha ha, Christian Yelich is showing his naked body on Sports Illustrated or ESPN, whatever, ha ha ha. Well, he's not showing off his knee anymore, that's for sure, uh, because it's in a cast at this point. And, um, yeah, this is the karma. This is the giant karma, Brewers fans. What are you guys talking about? You had Hank Aaron for the end of his career. Oh, oh you guys are a prestigious franchise. <laughs> you had, what, one World Series appearance back in 1982, uh, and you still lost and wasn't even that close. Oh, you had to move to the National League because you couldn't cut it in the American League with the New York Yankees and such oh boo-hoo and meanwhile you move to the national league the marlins won two world series championships while you were in the nl you can't contend with miami guys you just can't milwaukee sucks jonas antetokounmpo is not going to get the bucks of championship either um aaron Rodgers and the green bay packers aren't going to do anything anymore so milwaukee you brought this upon yourselves so we won the trade guys i'm happy <laughs> and the end. Wow. <laughs> Damn, Francisco. Oh, yeah. I told you it would be awful. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Team Petty, baby. Oh, I wasn't on when LeBron left, but I am on with this Christian Yelich thing. So, how are the Yankees doing, Charles? <laughs> I want to comment real quickly on Christian Yelich. <laughs> Go ahead. And I'll, I'll, I am aspired as a man who uses petty as his definition, dictionary, pictionary, please draw me as a self-portrait. I'm very proud. Um, I mean, he's so damn good that he had to take himself out of the game. Think about it like that. (laughs) Ain't nobody left for me. Ain't nothing left for me to prove. I don't need to be like Mike Trout, who's going to win ALMVP again. Cody Bellinger. Yeah. Be like, here, let me help you. Let me help you. You know, I think, I think, you know, what it was the joke I made the other day? If only he worked out his knees as much as he worked out his other parts of the body. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I think Francisco's a little still. It's like, damn it, if only he was that kind of shape in the Marlins, or he might still be relevant. But here's the thing, Francisco. You know, are you angry that you shipped him out before the NL MVP or the after? Because you're, you're, when Giancarlo was gone, you're like, yeah, this is fine. But Yelich, I mean, look, we'll take him like everybody else. Segway into the Yankees. Let me ask you guys, because now it's getting close to October time. Mm-hmm. Do you need an ace pitcher to win the World Series? Or do you need to make all the other pitchers just do their jobs? Uh, let's see. I would think all the other pitchers do your job because your ace pitcher can only get you one game. Yeah. And that's where we're kind of feeling it right now because our pitching is still atrocious. 
but are hitting. Look, I'll take losing to lowly Tigers, <laughs> eleven to ten, even though we had like eight games up because I'm used to it now. I, you know, I used to say that balance, great pitching throughout a whole bullpen wins you games, but now I die on the mountain of the long ball because that's all we have, and that's what I accept. Flaber Torres is hidden. Gio Urshel is hidden. Hell, you know, Brett Gardner, Mr. Yankee, just hit like 22 home runs for the first time in his 10-year career. You got to accept it. And the irony is, even though we're tied for the best record of the league with Houston, power rankings don't mean anything because I still think that's LA's to lose. But it feels kind of good. I'm still terrified that we'll break to the Rays if we meet them past the divisional round. And it's a strong possibility because I was I'm looking at the standings, assuming all things stay considered, we end up getting the first. We're in a first, so we get the entire seeding going into the World Series. But I think Tampa is leading in that Walker. And mind you, a lot of things can happen in that Oakland-Tampa game um, if they're playing for the wild card. But I wouldn't really want to mess with Oakland either because they slapped a little bit. My only hope is the Cleveland Indians kind of get some momentum and knock everybody out. But damn, does it feel good to be a gangster knowing that we <laughs> put the last gasp of Boston because they won one game over the weekend, I believe. It was a four-game four series. Three, you guys won three of the of the four. You have to understand something. At first, I was going to say it's either World Series or bust. But we messed you up so good that you fired your general manager who got you an actual World Series. For Dave Dombrowski, BT Dubs, um, former GM of the Marlins and the Detroit Tigers. Uh, already has a World Series ring with the Marlins. Uh, built the 2003 squad. Tigers went to two World Series under his, 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 uh, his regime. And in four seasons with the Red Sox, three division titles, one pennant, one World Series, and they fired them. And they're the defending champions. They're the defending champions as of right now still. And not only is it that they're the defending champions who just fired their GM, who did everything that ownership asked of him, right. you're not even going to make the playoffs. And it's because of us. It's not as if he got fired against them losing to lowly Mariners or losing to lowly Chicago White Sox. It happened on a... Yankee, and I think it was at they're they were at uh, Boston, I believe, for the series. Mm-hmm. So yep. it, it just made it so sweet. Imagine you're Dave Dombrowski, like, all right, I still have some job security. Because out of all people, why would you fire Dombrowski, but keep whatever the guy's name is who won the World Series? Carlos, uh, is it Correa or whatever his name is? Alex Correa. Who? Um, oh, Alex the, Correa, the manager. Yeah, the manager. Yeah, Alex Cora. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Alex Cora, right. the manager, mm-hmm. because. You're Boston. You fired Bobby Valentine after a cup of coffee. You fired John Farrell. You know, John Farrell had to just deal with cancer and then win your World Series the year prior, and you still fire him. Why don't you just admit that Alex Cora only won the World Series because the talent built by Dave Dombrowski was too good to be true, and it was inevitable. And then this year, you have a, what, second-year skipper who just couldn't cut it out. It's okay to sweep some managers on the road, especially in baseball. It's not really like you're bringing a lot of different philosophy shifts compared to like the nfl the nba nhl correct me if i'm wrong but you know we got rid of joe tory joe tory left and and for the for the petty meter for we're on the petty train right now because charles is all over it with the red sox they're losing eight nothing now to the blue jays so their spirits are completely dashed and the blue jays are awful bt dubs 
and the Marlins. My whole point. And once, and also part of Team Petty, the Marlins just tied the game five to five now against the Brewers. So you know, if the Brewers fail to make the playoffs, we all know the reason why. Go fish. This is the Petty episode. <laughs> the what supple, the pe- the supple Petty episode. <laughs> Supply petty? Is that supply petty? Supply petty. We're changing our names, guys. We're no longer sports goose. We're supply petty. Mm. Um, petty. But yeah, damn, does it feel good to be a gangster? That's oh, all I gotta gosh. say. Uh, Andrew, your race. You guys are hanging in there, man. That is a tough race going on. You guys are you guys are getting hot at the right time. You've won six games in a row, even though you're losing seven and two to the Rangers right now in the first. But it's only the first inning, and you're in Texas, so you know. Things could change real quick. I mean, well, first off, we're in the the top wild card spot right now, which mm. is fantastic. Um, we have a, I looked it up. We have a one and a half game buffer. Uh, Supple and Petty is me always giving Notre Dame a favorable bowl matchup. That's funny. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm looking for, I, we'll see how this, there's still a lot of baseball to be played. We have 16 games left, so I don't know if we'll be able to hold on to it. I don't know. I think we will just because we, we've been on a good streak so far, although losing games to Baltimore a couple of weeks ago, you know, that doesn't, that's kind of a warning sign to me. But Baltimore has beaten people this year, so maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just won't even come back from that. <laughs> oh, so we'll we'll see. Like I said, I'm I like our chances. Um, I don't even know who we'd be playing. Well, if it's wild card, then we have to play the other wild card team. So, so if, um, well, yeah. The what right now would be the A's or the Indians if you guys can hang on. So and host the game in Tropicana Field, um, right? And maybe people will actually show up. Um, it's that's so unfortunate. It really is. This team, the last two seasons, really special. Man, if they just get that ballpark, it'd be great. And I'm going to save that discussion for another day because I could probably spend 20 minutes on that whole thing. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, that like with any team, if if we get into the playoffs, people show up. uh, That's how it is with every team. The key is whether you can bring fans in on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I know the Red Sox, you know, kind of going back to them, they had a sellout streak for ages. And then still won't save them from going to Montreal. Don't remind me, Charles. <laughs> that hurts. It hurts enough as it is. I'm just waiting for the inevitable, um, which I'll get into it. There, I could do a whole 20 minute diatribe on that too. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, I. It would be great if we could get into the playoffs and pass the wild card game. Um, I don't know if we could win the World Series because the Yankees are <sighs> Yankees, man. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm happy with where we are right now, though. So okay. uh, talk to me in like two weeks and see how things have changed. All righty then. So um, let's see more. We have five minutes left. Yeah, we do have five minutes left. Um, I had 
something about the minor league baseball playoffs. I, I mean, we, we might talk about it next week when they're all done. I think by next week they're all over with. Um, mm. uh, I know the Florida State League canceled theirs because of the hurricane, so there's no, there will not be a Florida State League champion this year. So there's that. Yeah. And um, MLB Players of the Week this week are, uh, well, uh, no, not surprisingly, actually, there is a Rays player here, and it's Austin Meadows. He's a beast. Him and, uh, and Tommy Pham have been awesome for the Rays this year. Right. So um, Kettle Marte the, um, for the Diamondbacks, who are also uh, getting hot at the right time and trying to push themselves into this wild card race, or at least take over one of those spots, is uh, the player of the week for the National League. So Marte is his first time he's ever won. Uh, he hit 542 with four home runs and 14 RBIs in six games. So I think that'll net you the player of the week. Um, and so he leads the National League with 178 hits this season uh, and has hit 32 home runs, hitting 330, 989 OPS, uh, 595 plate appearances, and good news, Christian Yelich is not in the MVP race, so, you know, maybe he might have a shot. Um, uh, Austin Meadows! Yeah, keep I'm, I'm keeping on with the supple pettiness until the end of the show. Um, <laughs> Austin Meadows, he won the AL Player of the Week, second time this season, 522, 593, 1.130 batting line, four home runs, and eight RBIs in seven games last week. So he's got 28 home runs in 517 plate appearances. Um, and uh, only two Rays have won it this year, but they are also hot at the right time. So the two hottest teams with two hottest players um, are on uh, are the players of the week for Major League Baseball for the week of September 8th. I have some breaking news. Ooh, another one. Um... Patent and Trademark Office has declined, has denied. Really? LeBron James trademark application. For All right, guys. Next. And that's why he's a gotta leave goon. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, we, LeBron James appropriation of Mexican culture has been stopped, thanks to the good folks at the United States Patent and Trademark Office. So, thank you, guys. I think that's a good note. Uh, to kind of close our show on, right? We're kind of getting towards the end here. There's nothing else you guys want to talk about towards the end, or uh, the, you know? I mean, I, if you want to do a cage segment. Oh quickly, yes. I can I can knock out the five. Okay, here we go. Let's let's move on to the cage with Senor Charles. Uh, I was in El Paso, Texas. I'm sorry I didn't get your lucha libre stuff, dude. I'm sorry. Mm, mm, it's all right. Next time, next time, we go to El Paso. And speaking of which, it was fifty dollars for the mask. It was fifty dollars nah, for the I mask. Don't. Listen, I, I dropped like three hundred dollars on two title belts, so <laughs> the fifty bucks, save your money. It's okay. <laughs> okay. You know, go big or go home, Francisco. <laughs> okay. Welcome everybody to your weekly Trueplex. We'll keep it short and sweet because not a lot has happened. But as I always tell people, wrestling itself. It's not fake, it's scripted. It's a dance between men and women, men versus men, women versus women. WWE doesn't do men versus women that much, but who knows, things change. It's a mixture of drama, competition. It's a fight for love. It's a fight for respect. It's a fight for championship belts. And this week, we're leading up to it Sunday, 7 o'clock start time on the WWE Network Clash of Champions. I think this is going to be a decent card. We're going to see. I'm not fully sure because I have some concerns, guys. 
because right now we're in September. And does that mean we're going to get some schmoozy finishes to push off on the next big pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell? Are we not going to count this pay-per-view to really matter much? Because come October, SmackDown's going to go to Fox. And what happens going to Fox? That means they're going to do a draft. So guys are on the rosters now, might not be on the rosters by the time they get there. So what does that mean? Is this pay-per-view inconsequential? On one hand, the match that I'm looking most forward to, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. They had a really crappy finisher in their SummerSlam match, but this is going to lead them. I personally think Randy's going to win the belt, so he could be the face for SmackDown on Fox as an established veteran. This would make him, I believe, a 15-time WWE champion or a 15-time champion, world heavyweight champion in the WWE. I love me some Kofi. His story was awesome, but when you're a babyface, guys, one of the best, or you know, wrestling one-on-one is essentially this, the best kind of babyfaces are the ones who are chasing titles, not awarded the title, or not given the title. Universal Championship on the line, Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman, eh, they're also tag team champions, they're doing double duty, they're defending their tag team championship belts against Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Love me the fact that Bobby is getting some TV time and pay-per-view time. Love me the fact that Ziggler is rewarded for getting speared like 5,000 times by Goldberg. But the inclusion of putting two guys who are not really tag team wrestlers as a tag team to beat the belts or to win the championship titles against guys who are not in a tag team who just paired off is kind of lazy writing. You've been pushing the OC for a long time with Gallows and Anderson and AJ Styles. Maybe he should run its course. What do I expect? I expect Seth Rollins to beat out Braun Strowman, but in a very controversial way. The OC is going to interfere, but I think at the end of the so, night, we're going to get what I really want. Yes. So, um, okay, so what is this Clash of Champions? What, where is it being held? What is it? I mean, it says September 7th here. It's being held, it's being held in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. My buddy, who I went with in February to see SmackDown Live, is going. He wanted me to go, but I'm like, yeah, I got stuff to do. I can't necessarily drive. Plus, I don't know if it's going to be a consequential pay-per-view. Of course, all the great stuff is going to happen, and he's going to show me it, and I'm going to hate him for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, it, it's going to be fun to its own degree, exciting. A few other matches that are on there that take note, because here's the problem with September pay-per-views. They typically, the feuds bleed over into October, and October is Hell in a Cell. So you're going to have, like, Becky and Sasha, which I think will continue on to Hell in a Cell. I say Sasha wins. Bailey and Charlotte, I don't really care if Bailey wins. Roman Reigns, Eric Rowan. They've dropped the ball on who's trying to kill Roman, but it's going to be a no-DQ match, and Roman works best with hosses who have anything to kind of go with them, like chairs, weapons, anything like that, because that's how you build a hoss fight, especially if you make the match about, hey, we're going to beat the hell out of each other, and it's a blood feud. Put some weaponry in there. And, of course, Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Miz. Eh, talk to me later about that. AJ versus Cedric. Eh, talk to me later about that. And then everything else will just be, I'm eating some popcorn and drinking. But, guys... It's my way of killing Sundays. However, Sunday Night Football kind of gets in the way of it, so I might really have to watch it on Tuesday. We'll see. Okay. All righty. So anything else, guys, towards the end? I think we covered quite a bit today. Yeah. I mean, this, once again, eventful week of sports. This was actually very much, very much a very petty one and in some ways supple. Oh. (laughs) Let's let's end it on that note. We were petty. Oh yeah. And we were supple. Mm-hmm. You were petty and my hands are supple. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're done. We're done with this, guys. I'm done. All right, guys. I'm out. I'm out. Bye bye. Bye. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Great love.